not Joe Flacco, and we like him and all that, but Brother Bernie, sorry about that, Brother Bernie. <laughs> Amen. Good, good quarterback. Other guys on there. Terrell Suggs, you know, he's good, you know, but 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 we don't we don't go nuts over those guys. If they make a tackle or a field goal or or complete a pass. Hey Amen. We get a little excited sometimes. We hear they win. But it's nothing like getting carried away with the one who died for us and resurrected for us and is coming back for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So it's just great to see you. Amen. So some of you are just dying to get loose. You did it when you went out and partied. Amen. You get a few under your belt and you danced on the table. You asked the people the next day, what did I do last night? You know, you just went nuts for the world. And so God said it's all right to do that for him. David danced before the Lord, our hero, many people's hero in the Bible. David, King David, danced with all of his might when they brought the presence of the Lord or the Ark of the Covenant back in there. He was excited about it. We have emotions. Don't squelch those emotions when you come to God. Don't, don't do that. Release those. Give praise. Clap your hands. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. And there's so much of that in the scripture when we praise him. So let's not just try to, you know, dignify that and, you know, and Push that down and back. Don't do that, all right? Get the blessing. Amen. My subject today is His glory. I changed titles three or four times. I had a long title, but I thought this might be good, amen, to talk about His glory. And by the way, His glory reveals where He dwells, where He lives, His glory. I don't know what you think about when you think about the glory of the Lord, but I want to just... You know, kind of bring that out and maybe we'll understand it just a little bit better. Glory is just not a byword. It's just not something that's religious. And no, it's something that's really real and we ought to take a biblical scriptural look at it and that's what we want to do today. The book of Haggai, amen, a little, little minor prophet. And when the Bible calls them, when theologians calls them minor prophets, let me just explain this. Some of you hadn't been around. That doesn't mean they have less meaning than the prophets like Jeremiah because they have the major and the minor, you know, like Jeremiah and I said, no, no, it, it means they just prophesied less. To call them the minor, it's, this is valuable stuff when you see the, you read into those minor prophets, just really, really powerful stuff. Hey God, the second chapter, verse number seven, and I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. Well, this sounds like something really big here, all right? And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. This house, before I let you be seated, this house that Haggai speaks of is a prophecy of the coming of Christ. Now, not the second, but the first coming. This is Old Testament. Christ had not yet been born in a manger Amen. God with us. And so he was prophesying about the glory of the Lord. Amen. Coming. And all the world's going to be blessed by this. Look over somebody. Smile at them one more time. Amen. I, I, you know, I'll just try to do something here and help us out a little bit. And you may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep your faith. Don't waver in your faith. If your miracle didn't come yet, and if y'all want to do anything with this air or something, a little air, I don't know if it's hot to y'all or not, but it's, 
Yeah, just fan or something. I'm not trying to freeze y'all out or anything. Amen. But a little air stirring might help. It's warm up here. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, let, let's, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm perspiring. You know, when you preach under the anointing, they say that you perspire. But if you preach when you don't have the anointing, you sweat. Okay, so I don't think I'm sweating. I think I'm just perspiring. <laughs> Let's take a closer look at the, the little word glory here. The definition of the Hebrew word, uh, and I'm going to bring in a word here, Shekinah. You hear that a little bit and you read that a little bit in the scripture. Shekinah is that which dwells or dwelling place. Amen. Another definition is for Shekinah is the shining something glittery, something glowing, something. The Shekinah is God's glory and has always been associated with God's dwelling with his people. Always connected in there in some way or the other about the door. Not only just what you can see. Now, I've always likened the Shekinah as the visible part of God. Even though God is a spirit, even in the Old Testament, God's a spirit. No man has seen God at any time. But there were times he was visible in a flame of fire, in a cloud or smoke, all right? Uh, and so that would be called not just the shining, but it would be the visible glory of God. Also the glory and the name of God. You only need to listen to me close. I want to build a little foundation here. The glory and the, this visible part Okay, whether it was a flame, a fire, uh, whatever it was, amen, was so, it was, it was also the name was there, all right, amen, of God. It was so intertwined, the glory and the name, amen, in the idea of God dwelling among men or people, all right, hallelujah. Also the glory and the name of God, amen, uh, there were, there were some versions. Let me just, let me just go to some, some definitions here a little bit. Amen. There were some versions of the law. Uh, the word name replaced with Shekinah or glory. In other words, they were interchangeable. You find that a lot in the, in the Greek and in the Hebrew. Amen. So there was a, you can see the connection here. Name, Shekinah or glory. Amen. Where his name is and where his glory is is the dwelling place of he himself, of God. You gotta have name there. Again, you can see the Old Testament where it's all intertwined and all connected, amen. Yes, we are guilty of being narrow when it comes to the name, all right? Somebody was just telling, I think, Brother Rob uh, the other day, I said, you know, our daughter went to church and they baptized and they used the titles or something like that. And, and they said, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not picking on anybody, but that's how generally most churches, traditional churches do it. And so my daughter brought up the fact. She said, you know, no place in the Bible did anybody ever use that formula of baptism. And they said, aren't you splitting hairs well, we don't think we're splitting hairs when we just obey the scripture. Oh, that keeps us safe. That means our house is being built upon the rock, okay? 
because the wind's coming and the storm's coming, all right? So we are guilty of being pretty narrow-minded when it comes to this name. There is no other name, Acts 4.12 said, amen, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now that narrows it down pretty good. No other name, all right? And we know what that name is. That name is Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, amen. It seems that the scriptural thought is that God chooses to dwell with a particular people by putting his name in a special place. I'm gonna put my name, watch this, Deuteronomy 12 and five, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all of your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall you seek and thither thou shalt come. Now, am I missing something? Am I misreading the scripture? Or is God telling his people here in this scripture to find out where his name is and you go there? Is that what that's saying? Am I missing? No, no, find out where his name, not where his titles are, but where his name is. This is how serious this is. Because there's some people that can go to church, and I say this often, they just, whoever's the nicest to them, if the preacher's the coolest and has the best deliverance and, and the people, the ushers and the hostess, they shake hands and they're trying, that's where they'll go because just, listen, but what about the name? We don't care how nice they are, how sweet they are, how good the preacher can preach. If the name is not in that place, the Bible simply tells us don't go there. <clears throat> As we look further in the scriptures, we see that this idea of the glory and the name being an important part of God's dwelling is as important in the New Testament. See, somebody said, well, it's all, in the New Testament is as in the Old Testament. It just flows right on through here. Whatever tabernacle, or we could call it a temple, that's what God calls our body. You are the temple of the Lord, all right? Whatever place God chooses to dwell in, he puts his name and his glory in that place. I just wanna keep that little word glory in our mind here a little bit so we can so we can get back to that in just a moment all right when god chose a place to dwell amen the the place became a sanctuary of god hallelujah hallelujah praise god let's look at the sanctuary again you know we just sanctuary. sometimes the sanctuary is just a church call it this is the sanctuary sunday school fellowship hall whatever we got this is the sanctuary a sanctuary is a retreat a sanctuary is a preserve or a shelter. A sh what is a shelter? A shelter is a protection. It's a temple or some people say the sanctuary is a holy place. That's why parents, you need to watch your kids when church is dismissed and don't let them run and shout and run and make a playground out of this place. You don't have to be an usher or a hostess to get them. I don't care whose kids it is. It could be my grandkid. It could be anybody that is, you know, if we hurt your feelings, we're sorry. Amen. This is a holy place. So, so even though you're busy fellowshipping and you're happy, I'm glad you are, your kids are your responsibility. Hallelujah. Just threw that in. I won't charge anything extra for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Do whatever it takes to get control of them, all right? Amen. You know what? And they're not bad kids. I mean, I'm a pawpaw and I don't want anybody spanking any kids. But you may have to before it's over with. Hallelujah. Amen. The tabernacle in the wilderness. I love to go back to that. And we're starting the Bible study 
training right here through the Bible uh, right here on Wednesday nights. Not this Wednesday, it's Children's Church. But, but I, I enjoyed that little bit of that first lesson. You know, put the foundation of the word, amen, of how important it is, how valuable, how unchangeable it is. Amen. It, it's, it's for, in fact, we're going to be judged out of that book, out of the books, rather, the word. Uh, we're going to get into the tabernacle. And my wife and I both, we took a semester in Bible college. I think y'all are taking a course on the tabernacle plan. There is no end to the symbolism of that Old Testament situation where there was a tabernacle in the wilderness that was built of the direction of God. Powerful, powerful, amen, uh, symbols, amen. Paul called it types and shadows back then of things to come. So there's principles that are put in place that God has and never intended to change when he got to the New Testament, amen. So, so this tabernacle in the wilderness, this was where God's glory was. And remember, somebody can say, well, what's that got to do with me? That was back in the thousands of years ago. And it, it, it's a principle, and it tells you, listen, the very plan of salvation is in that tabernacle plan. And I'd love to bring out there was one door, one way to get into that tabernacle. I remember some popular preachers, powerful preachers that had the world, still got the world in their hands, so to speak. They would tell a story that on the mountain, up the mountain, there's many ways to go up the mountain. That is false doctrine, ladies and gentlemen. That's not what the Bible said. I appreciate good moral people who preach any of the word of the Lord they can preach. I'm not here to judge them, but that is not biblical. The Bible said there's a straight and a narrow road that leads to life eternal. Amen. He said few people find that. Amen. There's a broad road that leads to destruction and many there be that go on that road and we know where that's leading. Amen, it's very clear. But you have to learn the scripture and find out, amen, just what's right and what's false because the Bible said in the last days, many false prophets will come. A lot of them, in other words. So you be careful, amen, and be careful about the name, be careful about the glory. I believe you can see something when you come into God's church and you can feel it so strong that you think you see it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm feeling a little bit of anointing right now. Amen. But God's glory, he put his power, his glory in that tabernacle. God dwelt, now let's look at the tabernacle just for a moment here. God dwelt in the most interior part of this tabernacle. Hallelujah. It was called, the, you know, they had the outer court and then they had the holy place. Brother Johnson, that was, that was the first room. But then they had the, what they call the holy of holies. Nobody went back there but the high priest and he only went back once a, year, once a year, amen, to sprinkle that blood of the innocent lamb for the atonement of all Israel, amen. That's where God dwelt between the cherubims, those little angelic figures in there with their wings spread across that mercy seat. Thank God for that part. We can preach about the mercy. We all need that, amen, amen. But that's where God met with him, but that's where God's presence was. And there was this heavy, heavy curtain. Nobody could go back there, but the glory of the Lord, hallelujah, amen, was in that inner, now somebody says, it's all about the heart, it's all in the heart. But, but if this is a type and a shadow, if this is symbolic of our own t tabernacle, then listen, it does start, we agree. It, 
God gets right down in the innermost being of a person. So much so that when you have that experience with God, then there ain't no devil that can steal that away. There's no false prophet that can reach you because you know what you felt. It wasn't, it wasn't about a suave preacher, amen, with a great vocabulary that could, he didn't, you, no preacher had you in. No, no, it was God and you knew it was God. That's where it starts. But the, the, the holy place could not contain all of God. That Shekinah of God, that glory, it, listen, it lit up the curtain, amen. It lit up everything around that place. This is what happens when we get a, a genuine experience with God, amen. God touches us and we touch him in return. We open our hearts and we let him in, amen. It will change everything about you. Well, guess what? Your neighbor's gonna see it. Your wife's gonna see it. Your husband's gonna see it. Your friend's like, what happened to you? That's the glory of the Lord getting out, amen, of the holy place, amen. It burned and shined on and over the tabernacle as a pillar of fire by night and a shining cloud by day. <coughs> the whole world could see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The visible glory above the tabernacle was a sign that God was dwelling among them. Amen. When the cloud was, you know, when the cloud was gone, the glory was gone, and that meant God was gone. And that's what happened. Have you ever seen, have you ever been to a place, and again, we don't judge people. You ever go in a place and there was just nothing there? You remember the church service? It was ritual, all ritual. Everybody had their little part. If they didn't have their little part, they'd quit. This is what I do. I sing my song. We used to, y'all, years ago, we used to, uh, we, we brought up in a little church, a little small church, and uh, we, we actually saw this. We actually had people that uh, they, would, they had their song or they had their testimony, and uh, people get upset. They didn't, it wouldn't matter if God Almighty moved into place. People was falling out, shouting, getting filled with the Holy Ghost. If the preacher didn't call on them to sing their song, they got upset about it. I had my song ready anyway. Oh, I'm so glad we outgrew that. You know, we, we, we just overpowered that. And over, listen, I want to hear you sing. Hey, Amen. I love good sing. I love good pre. Hey, listen, it overpowers the preaching every once in a while. The, the power got so strong in the tabernacle at times that those ministers and Levites that had their, that was their work. You know, they kept bread on the table of showbread. They kept the oil in the lamp sticks that burned, had to burn continually. They kept the fire going, amen, at the sacrifice altar. But the, and that was, a, that was work because people kept bringing their animals to be sacrificed to the priest. And, but but there were times that the power and the presence and the glory of God would be so strong and so powerful. It was so heavy that they couldn't go in and minister. It shut down the program. The rituals had to cease because God's, amen, overpowered all. Wouldn't it be great if God just kicked in the door? Amen. <coughs> With this holy interruption. Listen, we all, we don't, we deny it, but we all have a little ritual and little, little pattern that we go by. You, you need something, some kind of a plan. Amen. But we need to always be sensitive enough. So when God comes in, we just shut all that down and let God work. Let him heal somebody. Let him fill somebody. Let him bless somebody. Let him convert somebody. 
But when the cloud was gone, then that meant God. You, you, everybody could see it. You know what? People understand. They know if you've got it or you don't. You know, we always preach, you can't give something away that you don't have. That's why we keep this altar hot. That's why we encourage people to pray and fast and live for God and come out from this world. Amen. You can't, you can't help somebody if you don't have help yourself. But a sinner, it's strange. They have the discernment they, without even the spirit. They know whether you've got it or whether you don't have it. Hallelujah. So you know what? We need to make sure we've got it. How do you do that? You just keep praying. You keep trusting God. You keep believing God. You keep fighting this flesh that's always opposed to the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but this departing, this leaving, amen, God just exits and just heads out. Amen. This is what happened in the days of Eli. Remember the priest that just let his, guy, his sons uh, corrupt the tabernacle? Amen. They wrote Ichabod over the door, which, which means the glory has departed. Hallelujah. We don't want that. We've seen churches shut down. We've seen people who couldn't get along. Carnality will take over. Listen, you just have to pray through that. You have to pray that out. We've had folks right here in this church that, you know, when they come in, we know that they're here to criticize, critique, just, you know, immediately. They're not here to, listen, I, I need God in my life. I need help. I don't have it all together. I'm not the greatest preacher in the world, but I have an experience with God. I have a knowledge, amen, somewhat of his word. So I, I don't need to come try to straighten everybody out. Hallelujah, amen. I, I don't want God to depart, for he, but he, obviously he will according to this if this is symbolic of, of our bodies and our experience with God. That, that was another prominent dwelling place of God among men. And that was, and of course we move on into the New Testament, that was the body of Jesus Christ, the glory of the Lord. Again, we see these same characteristics. This was the place where God could be met. This is where God could choose to put his name and his glory. Hallelujah. On the Mount of Transfiguration, you read that in your New Testament, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up that mountain with him, and there they saw Moses and Elijah. Now, they had been dead many, many years, okay? Luke 9, 32, watch this, what Peter says. Amen. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory. Keep that in mind. They saw his glory, hallelujah, and the two men that stood with him. Jesus clearly states here, of himself that he is the temple of God. Amen. Hallelujah. John 2, 19, here's what he said about it. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And of course, John, in the 21st verse of that same chapter, amen, it clarifies what he's talking about. But he spoke of the temple of his body. That's what he was talking about. They misunderstood him, just like carnal people always do. People who do not have the spirit living inside them, to God, they always misunderstand what the scripture is saying. Hallelujah. They thought that he was talking about that temple that took 40-something years to build. They said, what do you mean? You did, that, that took 40-something years to build that temple, and you think you're going to raise it up in three days? They missed it altogether. Hallelujah. John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Hallelujah. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. In other words, that they may see, that they may understand 
all right, and comprehend this thing, amen. It's something that you can see, amen. The white robe spoken of in the book of Revelation is actually, and this is just my feelings about it, actually the glory of God covering the believers with his glory as a, we need a covering, folks, hallelujah. It is also likely, amen, just looking at this just the other day, that Adam and Eve were not naked when dwelling in the Garden of Eden prior to the fall. Now, I know the Bible said they were naked. I understand that. But prior to the fall, amen, you see what the fall did? The fall, the disobedience, amen, stripped them of their glory. Luke 10 and 30, amen. I'll just, I'll just continue on here. Luke 10 and 30, remember the parable? Certain man went down from Jerusalem, amen, to Jericho, fell among thieves, watch this, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. You know what the world does to us? You know what? You can preach this message all you want. You can tell them how good God is, how wonderful. Listen, until people understand that this world is not your friend, this world will make havoc of you. Young people, listen. I know what y'all, I know what y'all are. I gotta have some fun. The church is gonna curtail all of this. They don't believe in us doing this stuff. And this is, listen, everything God tells you to stay away from, it's for protection. It's for your good. Hallelujah. So all of those things that we shy away from, oh, I don't know, the preacher's gonna expect me to live better. He's gonna expect me to be at church. And he, that's true. <clears throat> you know, I'm not good at, I'm not good at following up with my doctor. She got me in the office of the, the other day and she said, you know what, you're hard to get in here. <laughs> All right, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say, you know? And so she's a little Jewish lady about this high and she preaches to me. And she's got my wife to the place where she's, my wife tells on me. <laughs> And so I figured out what she's doing when we're there together. She wants my wife to come in there with me. You come in here too. Because she knows she tells on me whether I take my medicine or don't take my medicine and act right and behave. <laughs> but you know what? Here's how she got my attention. I didn't want to take that little cholesterol pill. I wouldn't take it. For, it makes me feel horrible. I'm already old. And then you add that to it and, I, and my bones hurt and my muscles hurt. Debbie, you know what I'm talking about. I don't, do they have anything that's better than that? <laughs> but when she finally, one day, I was like putting my shirt back on after she did the little stethoscope thing and looked down my throat and looked in my ears and all that whole deal. And I don't forgot what all she did. But, I, you know, she's like preaching to me a little bit about that cholesterol. This has been a few years ago. She said, Mr. Curry, I'm just trying to keep you alive a while longer. Well, that got my attention. Well, let me tell you, folks, I'm just trying to get you saved. I'm trying to get you out of this world and into the world to come. That's what all this is about. Listen, let me tell you, there is a, there is a heaven. God said it was, and there is a hell. He said that too. And we've already established the fact in the Bible that there's just one or two things he can't do. He cannot lie, nor can he fail. You can't get a, you can't get a list of things that he can't utter. There's only, those two's all I know of. And if he said it, 
Listen, I need to pay attention to what he's telling me in here where I can miss that eternal fire in brimstone. Amen. Where the, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quaint. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen, eternity, amen, judgment is sure, eternity is long, and hell is hot. And I don't want to go to that place. So this is why that I tolerate and put up with people preaching to me about these things. Listen, what, what are we saying? I'm simply saying we have to have, it's, not a, it's just not a, a something that's nice to do. We have to have the glory of the Lord in this house. We have to have the healing power, the delivering power. Amen. The hell, listen, we need help. We're humans. We're trapped in these bodies. But God said one day he's going to get us out of here. And that's, that's what we have to do. I'm just trying to save us. Amen. A certain man went down to Jerusalem. Amen. From Jerusalem to Jericho fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. That's what the world, that's a picture of the world. I'm gonna have a little more fun. I'm gonna cuss a little bit more. I'm going to do whatever I do out here. I'm going to lie and stay. I'm going to do whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. And so I'm not going to go to that church because they expect more out of me. When you finally find out, I, I said it the other day, young lady, amen, having all kinds of problems, all kinds of situations. I'm sitting right in my easy chair. I got, I got, I, I'm like the man, I felt like this. I'm like the doctor with the miracle pill. <laughs> I've got the thing that will cure you and fix all of that. But then the spirit just re reminded me. But she's not ready for it. She's not going to accept this. She's tried religion. She's seen preachers mess up. She knows about false prophets. Listen, she still, she still loves the world too much. As long, you know, the scripture's very clear on that too. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For he that loveth the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This world will chew you up, spit you out, and won't look back. But the church, amen, that permeates with the presence of God, we worship him and praise him and pray him in here. The the church does love you and the church does care about you. Amen. And we do want to help you. We know what God can do and we know what he will do. But when you're still loving the world more than you love God, then it's just really, really hard. Amen. We, one man told Sister Debbie, I'm happy with who I am. Well, I, I pray for him and I'm going to continue to pray for him. I'm going to try my best to keep loving him. But I thought, I said, you know, I, you know well, we can't help you. But when you get sick of the world, when you see it for what it really is, then you're going to turn, amen, to the one who is the same yesterday, today, and for, I change not, saith the Lord. Amen. I'll heal you. I'll bless you. I'll love you. And he loves us in spite of us. But this whole, this whole thief thing, you know, with the, the good Samaritan thing, it was, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, type or it's a picture, amen, I, I think it's a high definition picture of what happens to a person out in the world. Jesus described him as having been stripped and left half dead. You know, this is exactly what happened to Adam in the garden. Hallelujah. His spirit died. You know, the, the, I'll just read it. Second uh, Genesis 2 and 17, for the, in the day that thou eat 
of that fruit thou shalt surely die. That's what it said. But somebody said he didn't die. Yes, he did. He was half dead. Even though his body and soul continued to live, Adam is half dead. Just like the guy going down to Jericho. Hallelujah. He is stripped of his glory of God and left naked. Look at Adam. The glory came off. Adam and Eve covered themselves with figs, fig leaves. Can you imagine that? You ever see a fig leaf? You ever tell, get a hold of one? It's like okra leaves almost. Little stingy stuff all over. I don't know. What are you talking about? Listen, you cannot, what that's a type of is we'll just cover ourselves. Our goodness, our holiness, our righteousness, our, our knowledge of the scripture, or we got a few goosebumps one time in a service, so I'm, no, no, you cannot cover yourself. It will not work. Hallelujah. God covered them with animal skins. In other words, it wasn't good enough, so God killed some animals, amen, covered them with those bloody animal skins. Something had to die. Blood had to be shed in order for them to be covered properly. Well, guess what? There was a lamb of God, amen, that was slain from the foundation of the world, amen. And his blood covers all of our sins and all of our mistakes. That's the proper covering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's name, God's dwelling place, and God's glory are always together. Second Corinthians 6 and 16. I'm not gonna preach too long to you. I want us to reach out and get a hold of this today. Amen. And I, 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 this, this kind of teaching could just not end, okay? But I will, I'll spare you. Amen. Second Corinthians 6, 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me me back up just a little bit. Let's go to, no, let's go to Colossians 1 and 27. Let's go to 1 and 27. Amen. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Watch this. Which is Christ in you. And here's that word again. The hope of glory. So when God comes into us, hallelujah, the infilling of his spirit, not just a touching of his spirit, but the infilling of the spirit, amen. He called it the hope of glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we behold the glory of the Lord and are changed. This is what happens. When you see this, something is going to happen. I'm not trying to be spooky, but something supernatural takes place. When we obey the scriptures to the point where we say, here I am, God, I don't really understand. I don't think you ought to, you have to understand everything to be filled with the spirit. I think if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, amen. You relinquish all of your ideas and all your way and say, here I am, God, I surrender. It's called being crucified. Amen. But watch this, watch this, watch this 2 Corinthians, or, or, yeah, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We behold the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Hallelujah. It happens when we behold it. Amen. When we see it. 
You remember John 3 and 3? Amen. Jesus said to Nicodemus, who was a wise man, sharp man, knowledgeable in the scriptures, when he asked what must he do, Jesus said this, except a man be born again, he cannot see, he cannot behold. You, you, if you don't have the spirit, you cannot understand spiritual things. That's, yeah. You know, I'm, I have to be careful reading in commentaries and I, wherever you look, you know. And, and if, it's a, if it's a person, it can be wise in the scriptures, they can be knowledgeable about the scriptures, but you'll find false teaching throughout biblical commentaries and you have to know what to look for. Amen. What, what's wrong? Listen, no matter how smart they are and how wise they are, they, can't, they just don't get it. The light didn't come on yet. The glory has departed. It's a head knowledge. I see people who, who agree with us. They agree with, agree with the word. You know, oh yeah, yeah, good people. But it's a, they can't get it right. Even though there's no problem, they cause you no problem. They're just good people. But, but it's, it's, it's in the head. It's, in, it's up here. Amen. There has to be a, there has to be a dealing with the spirit. I had an uncle that would uh, stick up for the Acts 2.38, Holy Ghost, Jesus' name. He couldn't live for God, just couldn't, wouldn't. But you have to surrender not only your mind, you have to surrender your soul and your spirit to God. Hallelujah. And when God fills you up, and you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I said it earlier today in close. Let's all stand together. If I could get some music up here, it's just more of a lesson study. But listen, we need the glory of God, folks. And when we get the glory of God, this world is going to see it. I said, I used your scripture earlier. Jesus said, let your light shine before. Listen, if you don't have a light, if the batteries are dead, Then you, you, the world's not going to notice very much. Amen. But when you get charged up, right. amen, you feel like shouting and you do and you run the aisles and you do. You clap your hands and you tell God you love him and you give him praise and give him honor. Listen, the light starts shining. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. And because of that, they will in turn glorify the Father. That's how you do it, Amen. Hallelujah. Our society is in need. Many of these poor people, these poor souls, they've tried, you name it, everything. Religion, all kinds of religion. Many of people that I meet, they can quote scriptures. They use them out of context sometimes, but they're, you know, they're, they're trying. Amen. But they are very disappointed. They're unsatisfied with the experience of religion. And, we, and we're aware of that. That's why that we have to make sure that we connect up with the almighty God. We make sure, amen, that we stay in the book, amen, and we allow, I don't think we have to allow it. I think when we do all of this, the glory of the Lord will, amen, it will come from that holy of holies, that very center part of where we're living but it will make its way out and people will recognize. Remember remember Moses going up on the mountain being in the presence of God when he came down his face was a glow. What was that? That was the Shekinah. That was the glory of God. When you get close to God how do you do that? You get hungry for him. You thirst after God. You long for him. Like David said as the heart or the deer 
pants after the water brook. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. I want, I'm, you gotta get sick of the world. To do that, you have to recognize what it's about. Hallelujah. The world's gonna see it. What do they see? They see the glory. Amen. All of Israel, whether they live for God or not, they were just following along. Even the slaves and the outsiders that were with them, they could look at that temple or that, that tabernacle plan. When they saw that flame of fire or that cloud that was glistening and glowing, amen, amen, they knew that there was a God, almighty God right there. Amen. Heathen nations would hear. We heard about these people. They're coming our direction. They're in our area. And we, you know, they just destroy and no, nobody can war against them. Listen, the world is going to see this and understand this. I just reading Brother Baxter. Amen. I get his magazine. I have a good mind to make copies. Amen. Brother, Brother Baxter is a, uh, that's not the book. You know, it's another one in there somewhere. Maybe it's back there somewhere. Anyway, he gives all those, he gives all those reasons. Amen. Biblical prophecies. Amen. To show us that God's coming back soon. Deals with Israel and what's going on there, the United States. I don't know if you know it or not. Maybe you hadn't thought about it much. I've not, I've not been happy with the, with the uh, presidential candidates, either one of them, for, for that, much, that, that matter. But, but there is a subject called globalism. Just throw that out there for I'm not being political. Just throw that out there. I don't care who you vote for. But this globalism is about one world government. It, it didn't just start in this election. I mean, it goes back in the probably 30s and 40s, Hoover and, and other presidents. They felt like that we want to globalize this thing and we're going to have one. Listen, our country is great. You know, Trump, his big deal, they're going, he's going to build a wall. Well, people just go nuts about that. Hillary said she's going to build a bridge. <laughs> we need to build bridges, not walls. Well, well there's a, there is a, there's a fundamental thinking. I didn't mean for this to go here, but let me just say this. While we're praying, there's a, there's a thinking that, you know, people have, you know, a school of thought that are totally different. Our, our country became great. It became what it is and what it was because we're individualists. We're, I, know, I know we talk about pride, but we're proud of our country and our flag and everything in the world is coming in here right now. And that, that, you know, we're for anybody coming, but you need to learn our language and be proud of, you know, for what this country is. But, but people are coming and some of the people are, politics are happy that they're coming because this is becoming, they want it to be global. Take down all borders. They want a borderless. I'm just giving you a little homework. You look and find out who's for what. And that's who you decide who you're going to vote for. But I'm thinking, folks, that we're on the verge of this thing changing. It'll never get it back. It'll never be the same. But what that means, somebody in the, somebody, someplace other in the world somewhere, you know, it'd be kind of like a Hitler situation. The only problem, it'd be worse, the, the, the one world governor, amen, our president, what do you want to call it? He would be ten times worse than Hitler. What they feel like there's an elite group. My daddy told me many, many years ago when I was a kid. He said, "Son, there's only just a handful of people in this world, and they're running this whole world." I, I was raised a Democrat all my life. That's what you did. They, the, they, the party to help people, compassionate, help poor people. 
And that's what we were. They moved off and left us. The, 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 the person, the unborn baby, the one who should be the safest one, he's in the most dangerous place in the world, in the womb. Not only just, just kill the babies, but even partial birth. That's all good now. I'm just going to say it. I've always preached this. And I may be in jail before it's for too much longer with all this. Listen, the same-sex marriage thing. Listen, we love every homosexual in this world. But a marriage has a definition for that. It's between one man and one woman. Somebody needs to say it. You don't need to kowtow and be afraid to say what it is. Now, these are things that we have to deal with. It's amazing how the people, amen, the, the, the party of compassion, amen, will kill babies, innocent babies. But you let a criminal that's raped and murdered, they'll be the one standing out with a, with a thing, so we want to save him. No death penalty for the guy that just killed a bunch of people. They always get it backwards. Always get it, it should be turned the other way. All right? I'm just throwing these things out. These are, these are things that we ought to let our glory be known to this world. Don't you back down. What, what do you think a marriage is between a man and a woman? That's the definition of it. We're, we're, we're being twisted and turned. That's why we want to start a school here, folks. We don't have the facilities. We don't have a building. You're going to have to help us here with this. I want to build something out here. We got, we got little children. We got little kids coming along. I've got a granddaughter here. Amen. You've got kids and grandkids around here. Now, you know, you're scared to even put them in a, in a public restroom now. You don't know what kind of twisted person. They don't even know what they are or who they are, whether they're male or female. Do you want them in the bathroom with your child? I don't think so. Well, that's the direction we're going in. It is, there's no stopping place. Hallelujah. So we need to pray and have revival. We are different from them. We're called out of this world. God's on our side. If he throws us in jail, guess what? We'll just start a prison ministry. I can't break into the Carroll County Jail. I was telling Brother Rob about it the other day. I can't break in there. They treat me like I'm one of them. And I got a Bible study. Well, you got to do it through this glass right here with that little telephone thing. I hate that. Could somebody give me a little respect? <laughs> I feel like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> How about a little respect? <laughs> but seriously, they got like a one religion thing going on in Carroll County. We've supported them financially. They won't let us in there. Give folks a choice that's in prison, that's in jail. Let us preach this Acts 238 Holy Ghost message. Hey, since I failed, since, since I failed, and couldn't do it, maybe some of you can do it. It's a free country. We pay our taxes. Maybe you can go see the judge and go see the sheriff and say, hey, how about letting me in there? You got one doctrine being taught and accept the Lord as your personal Savior. That's false doctrine. We, we don't force anybody to do this, but give them a choice. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's do this thing, folks. But to do it, we're going to have to get together, stick with the truth, expect the glory of the Lord. Amen. I say it all the time. Listen, we're going to sing our song. I'm going to preach my sermon. I'm going to try to be as sincere as I possibly can. I'm going to love you the best I can, answer all the questions I can. But I can't bring revival. We do what we do, and then we wait on God, and we expect him. If God don't do it, then it just, I'm sorry. But I believe God's touching the hearts right now. 
I believe somebody's making decisions right now. Hallelujah. We're gonna be different. Hallelujah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. I'm just feeling like the seed is being dropped right here. Would you, would you, just before we get out of here, would you let your heart be open? Amen. I, I, I'm not a very good salesman. I, I never did too good with that. Amen. But, but, but listen, I'm just telling you that God's word is true. We're going to be judged out of it. Let's learn as much as we can. Let's be, listen, let's be as open to God. Not me. I'm not trying to get a, my thumb on you. Amen. But, but you be open to God. Hallelujah. And just see what God tells you. Hallelujah. Lord, let's just believe right now. Amen. Before we, before we dismiss. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you see your wonderful people. God, we're just looking on the outside, Lord, but that's all we can see. But God, you look on the heart. God, you see the hunger. Amen. You see the desire in the hearts of men and women and young people in this place. We just, God, believe that you're touching them and there's some word. God, that will be planted in their spirit, in their soul. Lead us, God. Direct us. We're believing you for a great revival. We're believing you for more of your Shekinah glory. Amen. To shine forth that this world could recognize Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you this one story, and then we're gonna, I'm going to let you out of here. Years ago, I felt my calling to preach. Didn't know how to preach. Still struggle with it. A little insecure sometimes about my deliverance. And I always tell Chad when he gets done preaching, he says, he says, well, I could have said this. And I, I wish I'd have put this in there, Dad. And I said, you know what? That'll happen from now on. You can't say it all, but you'll miss things and you, you wish you'd have. So we can always, things can always be done better. So I'm aware of that. But I remember... I remember we, I first married, I felt the calling and, and uh, it was just nagging on me and nagging. So I tried to preach. I was a youth leader, youth pastor of a church, small church. But I worked for Georgia Pacific. My wife worked for the school board. We had no kids at that time. But I remember I was kind of, uh, Sister Valerie, I was kind of, people just kind of smile at me, guys that worked around there, the electricians and, the, you know, the 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 foremans and the people I was around a lot and they would they would just kind of I was just kind of funny I was a holy roller I was one of those Pentecostals and it was little jokes made little you know because I didn't smoke didn't curse didn't I'd, I'd go to their parties but when they'd start getting a little drunk it was just company parties they'd start getting around I'd, I'd ease on out they knew there was a difference, but they was this kind of funny thing, you know, yeah. And they would call me Reverend Curry, you know, and that was way, way before. And I still am, I'm still uncomfortable with Reverend because I don't think I'm Reverend. But here, here's what would happen. One of those same guys who would laugh at me in kind of mockery, Mr. Religion, Reverend Curry. I was like in my 20s, you know, like Reverend, you know. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I let, I brushed it off and I let it. But Sister Kim, those same men, they'd be having problems in their families. And I worked way out in a, in a milling place, way out, and I was an operator of a, of a big bunch of machinery from the inside. Looked like a spaceship in there, and I could see it all from camera, and I did it all by myself out. And, it, and once in a while, on numerous occasions, actually, a guy would come back having big, big problems in his family. And he'd say, he said, hey, Charlie, 
I need to talk to you about something. No more funny and no more mocking. And it's, I, I need to ask you to pray for me about something. I'd pray for them. I mean, let me tell you what I feel right now. There may be people looking down their nose. And some, some of us may be worried. What are people going to think if I go to one of those Pentecostal churches? Man, one of those shout and pray. What, what they, listen, listen, when, when, when the trouble hits, all at the ends. You know what? Let me tell you. If, I find, if I'm sick and I know there's a doctor that can heal me and bless me, that's where I'm going. I don't care if he's in big, one of those big, nice, high-rise, fancy buildings or whether he's in a little shack by the side of the road. I know that's where I'm going to go right there. Why? Because there's one thing I want. I want healing. Well, this is what God can do. Amen. And, and, and if you're worried about all this, who's going to think what and what are they going to do? Listen, we, we need to look deeper than that and beyond that. I'm talking about a God that can heal you and bless you and deliver you and fix things. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I've always preached for years. The right thing can happen. Listen, there's hundreds of people, literally, literally hundreds of people that we've prayed through in these altars, baptized in that tank over there. They're not here right now. It's folks have walked in this church and felt the Lord and never came back. But you let the right 9-11, you let the right, the right situation take place. There's people all over this country. There's backsliders all in Owings Mills, Reisterstown, West. We don't even know. But when things get tight enough and see, that's where they're going to run to a place where God is. I was there once. I heard about that place. Now, I, now you know, I, I'm just, I just need something. This where the, the revival is, is out there, folks. In fact, it's right here. Amen. The harvest is out there and they're coming. So you just stand strong, keep trusting God, pray for his glory, amen, not to leave this place. Jesus' name, I'm believing. I believe you're believing too. And we're gonna make a mark. We're gonna make some waves around here and we're gonna give him all the glory and all the honor. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm done. I'm done. Hallelujah. God bless you. Shake hands, be friendly. Amen. If you want to stay and worship a little bit, that's all right. If you want to go, amen, you're dismissed. Tear our woes down. Spirit break out. Heaven come down. Spirit break out, break our walls down. Spirit break out, heaven come down. Our Father, all of heaven roars your name. Sing louder, let this place erupt with praise, renew here and 